everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to share a little bit about um, something I've talked about recently, and I just wanted to, I guess, do a, a summary of what I learned in the last, I guess you could say, six or seven weeks. And it basically came to a conclusion recently. And I thought the conclusion related really well to a recent podcast I did where I mentioned I'm not going to be talking about, or at least not as much about in the coming year, I'm not going to be discussing um, the, the actual abuse or the narcissist or the enabler as much because I, I don't want to talk about them or what happened, but I will still talk about the triggers that I think you you always have. If you have PTSD or complex PTSD, I think you will always have the trigger because it really impacted our brains. Um, and so the triggers are always there and the triggers are proof of what we know did happen. Um, but I wanted to mention, I, I've mentioned here a few times that I followed the Idaho case um, and it was a homicide case that happened in November of this year where four students, um, something, a homicide occurred against four students and they just found the suspect. They arrested a guy, um, and he was actually a PhD student and this is the possible suspect, I should say. He still has to go to court, but, um, uh, he was a PhD student studying criminology and criminal justice and, some people think he was almost sort of studying it to see if he could get away with it. Um, you know, and it's interesting because um, I came across a woman who's a, the criminal profiler who wrote that book about um, the murder of Cleopatra. And she did a video. It was either, well, today. It's a different day today. Today's Saturday. But she did a video yesterday about this guy. Um, and she's very analytical and she studies behavior, and she's not into psychology. She's like a crime scene analysis person. And again, she's very analytical. And she, um, somebody said, well, what's the motive? And that was actually something I wanted to know right away. What was the motive? And she pointed out that with people like this, who he's largely a psychopath, a lot of times they're compulsive liars. So... You, he may tell you why he did it, but it could be a complete lie. So the motive really isn't even what matters, even though people are always curious. What matters is the crime scene. What happened at the crime scene and what's the evidence? And that's what you have to work from. And I really like that because I think I sort of mentioned in the podcast where I said I won't talk about the narcissist um, any longer. I talked about how you know, our, our own behavior as people and our triggers, um, in a way it's a little bit like it's evidence, right? It's, it's what's there, you know, what are you working with? Do you have like super depression, like extreme major depression? Like I used to have, um, do you have thoughts of, you know, wanting to harm yourself? Like I used to have very frequently, by the way, um, you know, what is it? And, you know, you can look at where it came from, but you can also look at mending it. And that would be a, you know, a big difference 
and obviously studying crime or, you know, studying yourself would be when we're studying ourselves, you want to see how you can repair it because we're here, you know, we're living on earth and we have to, we have to like move forward. And so knowing what your triggers are specifically, I'm going to read mine. One of my, my big ones is men who are loud, unpredictable and angry. And that's probably a trigger for a lot of people, but like I, I've had some relatives in the past who never did anything to me. They were never mean to me or anything. But if they have those qualities, especially where they're unpredictable um, and they're, they're just kind of edgy or angry, it's I think it's even more so the unpredictability of it is what I don't like. I don't I don't feel comfortable around them to the point where sometimes I just couldn't be around them. The other thing is there's two more here. If someone isn't being direct with me, that's a big trigger. And I think that goes back to those feelings of incompetence. Because if someone's not being direct, you don't know what they're thinking. And it just makes you wonder. And a lot of times, one thing that I've had to learn is that, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Because it probably has nothing to do with you. It It may have something to do with what that person's going through in their life. And they just don't want to talk about it. So if someone's not being direct, um, you know, don't let it get to you. And then another one is if someone's behavior isn't making sense, which is very similar to if someone's not being direct, but if someone's behavior isn't making sense, the example I've given over the past year or so is um, I grew up around some people, not my immediate family, but I just knew people growing up who were closet drinkers. And whenever you were around them, they were intoxicated, but they weren't drinking in front of you. So they always had this kind of obnoxious behavior and everything was just always like an inside joke. Um, and I, I never knew why they acted that way. And then later I found out that they were secretly drinking. They had a drinking problem um, and they're hiding it. They didn't want you to know that they were drinking, but they were still being obnoxious. And so it was, it was just kind of eye opening. It's very similar to um, like if somebody's hiding something, like I did the podcast about the tricksters, um, don't be fooled by tricksters, something like that. Um, those people were hiding something and someone I recently came across, um, they gave a good expression for the types of things that these people do. Um, and they referred to them as tragedy pimps. So, what they meant was whenever I was following this true crime stuff recently, which again, I've said I've never followed before. I've never been interested in it, but there were people who get into it solely for money. And sometimes they're like straight up fraudsters, like actual fraudsters. Um, and like they've been arrested for it. And so then once you find that out and people just say it, they're like, well, you know that they did this, don't you? And just, they're like, just look it up. And you know, you find out, okay, that's why their behavior wasn't making sense to me because they're a liar um, or they're in it for money. You know, it's a tragedy pimp. And I was like, oh, that's a good term for it, tragedy pimp. But um, I just thought it was interesting. Um, I also think it's interesting that, so the woman I mentioned, that Pat Brown woman, she's very analytical and she basically calls out people who also do this sort of 
you know, tragedy pimping stuff, but she really calls out former detectives who she says, you know, they get on these shows and they sit there and they, they think they're going to solve the crime because they're former detectives and they're not actually in the investigation. And she said she really hates when they do that. And then they're profiting off of, you know, okay, guys, let's sit here and figure this out. Um, and so, sometimes they might actually help somewhat. Who knows? But they're not really in the investigation. You know, they're just studying it. And they're profiting off of studying it because, you know, they get followers, they get subscribers, and all these other things. But she was just pointing, she points out a lot of times how there's just too many people in it for the what appear to be the wrong reasons. Um, and I really like that because. It was interesting that she's analytical, and when I was a teenager, the person who called out the abuse in my life was a math teacher, and she was very analytical as well. Um, and I've noticed that over the years, people who are extremely logical and analytical, most of the people I've noticed are in the math field, but it could also be the science fields, um, they're just straight to the point. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the X-Files with Mulder and Scully, because I've always associated myself much more with Mulder. He's kind of into spiritual stuff, into like ghosts and all that paranormal stuff. And Scully is extremely logical. She's a, a medical doctor. She's a scientist type person. Um, she's only about the evidence and what you can prove. And I, I think that show is probably, it's the best drama show I've ever seen in my life. It's very well done. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, and again, I just like it. I like the FBI stuff about it. Um, so I guess in that aspect, I have been into true crime before. I just didn't think it was a true crime. But, I mean, what happened in Idaho was an actual true crime. It wasn't a TV show. Even though some of the X-Files episodes, I think, are based off of true crime. Um, but it's that same type of thing. Um, Scully would always call out Mulder's sort of beliefs about certain things and would always keep him level-headed and it just reminded me of that so I, I thought it was interesting that once again here's an analytical person very logical um, this Pat Brown person and she's calling things out she's showing like what's what's nonsense what's fooey like what's you know don't don't bother with it um People who are in it for the wrong reasons. People who are who are probably liars and taking advantage of things. That's what she's pointing out. And that's exactly what the analytical person in my life did. My math teacher. But I also think it's interesting that, like I mentioned before, when I was in high school, I was in computer club. And most, it was all guys in the club. And all of the guys... I shouldn't say all of them, but I would say 95% were very logical, analytical people. Like, they were guys who built computers. They were science people. They were physics people. I mean, they were just people who were very much like that. And I think it's interesting that I'm drawn to people, or at least I find myself in those environments. Um, you know, there's, there's something about those analytical minds that um, maybe I feel comforted around because again like I said one of my triggers is loud unpredictable angry men and in those types of groups where it's these very logical analytical people I don't come across people who are loud and predictable and angry who are in those groups 
Um, if they are angry, they're hiding it. You know, they're not, they're not like that. They're just, I don't know what you would want to call them, but I just wanted to kind of make these comparisons just because they, they did find the suspect today and arrested him. And, um, I just thought it was interesting that again, as Pat Brown mentioned, you may never get a motive. And if it is, it could very well be a lie because they're pathological liars a lot of the time. And it just made me think, you know, it reminded me of don't waste your time trying to figure out why the narcissist in your life did what they did to you. Like, don't, I wouldn't waste your time trying to figure out, you know, where all that came from. The fact of the matter is, like a crime scene, you know, we have triggers. The fact of the matter is we have symptoms when we have complex PTSD. Um, What I try to focus on is taking care of my health. Like I said, I've been using these isotonics. They're powder vitamins that you mix with water. Also massage, I think aromatherapy. I bought frankincense and eucalyptus recently. And those are two really great scents. Frankincense is really nice. It's expensive. Um, I'd never bought it before, but it's a really nice scent. Um, and then again, I, this Wednesday, I'm going to go to my first chess club meeting. Um, I haven't played chess in a long time. I'm actually going to watch some YouTube videos just to refresh myself a little bit. But I need to be in some type of game group, much like that computer club I was in when I was younger. Um, again, word games or meditation can help with that in-person support group. But it's really good to find something that's fun to do, like a sport or just gaming, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and again, focus on, um, I guess you could say treating your behaviors, um, or calming down your triggers, whatever way works for you, finding solutions. If you know you're going to be in a stressful environment, make sure you do something positive for yourself that's set up after the fact. So like, if I know I'm going to be around people that really stress me out, Um, you know, maybe treat yourself to something, uh, that you normally wouldn't treat yourself to. I just always think of a massage because massages are nice and that's one of my jobs. So that's most of what I wanted to share. This is the complex PTSD guy signing off.